Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. to you by Martialytics. Easy to use, super powerful management software for your martial arts school. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast. I hope everyone's doing good. Um, now I'm going to keep this intro brief today because the recording that I've done with our guest this week, uh, Dawn Willock, is uh, quite a, it's quite an intensive one. Uh, we, we were actually, we ended up on the phone for the best part of two hours. Uh, although this recording, uh, this edit is reduced down to just over an hour, uh, we did talk about a lot of stuff. Um, Dawn is very giving of her time and her experience and advice, and we spoke for a, quite a long time on a number of things relating to the podcast and other stuff as well. Um, mo- most of which isn't in this episode because it's not really not really relevant to uh, to, to all of the listeners. Uh, it was more some some feedback and advice for myself, really, I guess. Uh, but what we did talk about, um, the the nature of these episodes is it's completely unscripted, and the idea is that I, I suppose I give a a view, a window into the lives of the people behind the names, the the martial artists, the people connected to martial arts that we all see on social media, um, on TV, read about, see in person at workshops and in classes, and uh, I think we did with. You know, we, I think I achieved that with this with this episode. Um, you know, there's some, I dare say, fairly hard hitting content. Um, nothing too controversial or anything, but um, definitely some subjects that um, are important to me, and I know that are, they are important to Dawn as well. Uh, we also talk a little bit about her book that's released. Um, just on that subject, the the link because I might forget to say this later on. The link to the book is in the show notes, so you can go check that out there. Um, so I think best thing to do really is just to. Jump straight into the chat. A listen interview then. It's not an interview. It's definitely a conversation. And don't forget as well, if you want to, you can also check out um, this episode on YouTube. Uh, it doesn't have this nice little intro to it, uh, but you can see the, the the main bulk of the conversation um, You know, all recorded. And also, you can see the fabulous t-shirt that I'm wearing in there that's been supplied by our friends over at Art Marshall. Just get that little plug in there. Uh, but yeah, let's jump over to the, the listen video then. Jump over to the chat and I'll uh, catch up with you afterwards. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. So joining me on the, I nearly said phone then, but that sounds, I sound like a 1990s kids TV presenter if I say that. Joining me on the, in, what do you say? Internets? I mean, video call? Video conference? Ah, oh, I sound like a right old person now. But anyway, joining me for a conversation, we've got the awesome Dawn Willock. How are we doing? Hello, good evening. How are you? Feel free to laugh at me. Everybody else no, does. No, I am laughing. I, I, I tried to keep it in while you were talking so that my laughing... <laughs> <laughs> didn't interrupt your intro. <laughs> oh, it was the crappiest intro known to man. I've I've been doing this 110 episodes yet, and I've not got that whole thing down to a fine art because you either start with "Hey guys" or "Hi there" or "What would you do?" It's like it's the most awkward bit is the beginning of the part. Anyway, I'm I'm done now. But anyway, um, for those of you who are listening in, um, and indeed if you're watching in as well, go get yourself a coffee or be preference of hot beverage and some biscuits and get settled in because this is going to be a good one. I've got my hot chocolate in my Little Miss Fun Mug. I'm good to go. It was the only clean one in in the kitchen. <laughs> so I thought I'd go with it. 
I'm modern. I'm being modern, you know. It's uh, it is actually quite a nice mug. I've had it for a long time. I don't actually know why it's in my um, in my kitchen anyway. It is. It is. Anyway, how are you doing before it derails completely? It's. I'm doing okay. Actually, do you know something, Chris? I mean, oh, um, apart from smashing my light. Um, apart from smashing my light, <laughs> um, I'm doing okay. Um. And I've had a detour recently from MAGB, from from sort of yeah. my martial arts hat, and uh, brought out a book that isn't business and it's not to do with martial arts. Chris, it's been brutal. Is it? Br- like brutal. Like you're in my group. You know how I go on about, you know, let's be better at promotion. Let's mm. be gun shy. Let's show our magic. The level of self-promotion was brutal. Like I, it killed me. <laughs> so really? no, honestly, and and it it was a really fascinating thing for me to go through. I don't give a shit about much, right? Like Th- that's th- true. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're authentic and you're applying integrity and your motivation isn't to hurt anybody, and it actually pisses me off, especially with the martial arts. Uh, fraternity that you guys do such cool stuff and don't show it it I could go mad as you have probably mm-hmm. picked up previously and then I go into my space where I've written my book and then have to go through this process of self-promotion right although you're all in trouble now because I bloody did it right yeah. <laughs> so I've I've swapped from being incredibly compassionate and I actually said to my husband at one point bear in mind my husband doesn't even believe in social media let alone mm. like he's out he doesn't like it he doesn't like any of it not for the classic reasons to be fair but um I actually said to him bloody hell no wonder I get a bit of resistance <laughs> if people feel like this Mm. let's put it into context it might just be that they're putting a post up or doing a you know a video of them teaching or you know whatever it is it might be a simpler version um but but never mind what the promotion is if this is how you feel if this is the discomfort that is felt I, I had a grand appreciation I had to swallow my own words but where the problem is now because I'm a good wife Chris I was never doubting it. And, you know, we like to be right. <laughs> no. I, I, I've, I've, I've come down, I've climbed off that horse a little bit of recent. Oh, wow. You know, I've, I've, I've tried to. COVID, COVID really, yeah. Oh, geez. That was my, uh, that was my making was that period of time. <laughs> I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. I was like, oh, my. I, I, it was so annoying, though, because well, it was annoying for more than just this. But for me, like we always had all these outlets of stuff we could do, and, and as, as martial arts instructors, we're very controlling people, and we like everything done in a certain way. And and then somebody came along and took all our toys away, yeah. and said, "No, you can't have these to control anymore." And I, what was I going to do? It is all I'd done for like my entire adult life was kick and punch and tell other people to kick and punch and when to kick and punch and how to kick and punch, and then we couldn't do it anymore. I was like, "Oh, okay." So I've got to try and find a way to 
deal with this. And for the first few weeks, it was okay. And then I just had a fight with every single person and their cat on Facebook. Like, everyone got it. it everyone got it. I was like, I know what you did for your outlet. Oh, I swear <laughs> to God. Very salty. You got very salty, Chris. Yeah, I did. I did. And then what was quite amusing, I said this on another podcast long ago. Um, Gordon was doing one of his business events. And it was a, one of the first ones, like post COVID. And he said, "Oh yeah, just come along and stick your head in if you want." And I'm like, "No, everyone's going to want to kill me." He went, "I oh, no, just come anyway." And I spent literally the first half an hour cherry picking certain people and going round and going, "I'm really sorry. Okay. I was an abs- I was an absolute dickhead during COVID. I'm really sorry." And they're like, "No, it's fine. Don't worry." And I'm like, "No, I really am sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean it." But can I just be generous with you for a minute? Because we probably had more um one-to-one conversations Mm. in that period of time and actually I think what you demonstrated was 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 not just kind of the lack of control on a global level you know Mm. obviously that happened but I think you went into hypersensitivity hyper compliancy hyper worry and and I think when we go into that because we can't tr- control the big things, we 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 focus on the little yep. things and try and control that. And and I think I think this just means that you're human. And and what's really admirable, actually, Chris, is your massive self awareness from that, and your dignity that you've at least had enough dignity and authenticity to go do you know what sometimes I was a bit of a dickhead and I've got a few I've got to say sorry to um it's more than a few I've got a list about five (laughs) I'm still working my way through it it's here look now I'm joking (laughs) but no it was I mean so um I think you're right in that it was for me it was the details so like for me i'm very i'm very detail orientated when it comes to anybody that's watched it in my youtube videos will know like i pick the detail of every technique like every half inch of a foot turn and a rotation and a knee and a torque transference and a you know a a mass change and that's how my head works and i took all of that and (laughs) boris would give us some rules and i'd be like right how does this is the, 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 the two square meters this for the airflow and the, 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 the and I and, and I made I made like somebody else actually commented on the, the way I got it working in my gym that they could literally just take that and go this is a template for how everybody else should be doing it um but it was looking back on it it was great it was it was it was nuts to think they had us all jumping through those hoops like that I mean I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any shot but looking back on it it was bonkers. Well, here's the de- here's the difficult. I'm neither am I a conspiracy theorist in the classic sense, although I know people who are. So I I listen. I don't I don't I don't have 17 hours a day to trawl the <laughs> web to find. I, I, I don't I don't have enough like interest. But luckily, other people can give me the short on the postcard versions of what is allegedly going on. And I might have been a little bit dismissive or a little bit more dismissive prior to COVID. The unfortunate thing, Chris, is that there was a shitload of what the conspiracy theorists people said. It's no longer a conspiracy because stuff did actually happen. So at that point, is it any longer a conspiracy? I don't think it is. Mm. 
Yeah, and it, you, you know, um, when we had Donovan on a few, a few weeks ago, he was saying, you know, like we were being given all these rules to do, and it was, it was really, it's so important that you do it this way because it's very dangerous. But we're going to do the complete opposite the whole time. What is it that they knew that we didn't know that meant that they could all carry on however they fancied, but we couldn't? It's like, well, it's like I don't know. It's just. Anyway, I don't want to think about it because it'll send me the flipping wall again like it did last time. And I'll end up getting in arguments with everybody now. I'm not, I'd but... like to ask you something, though. Oh, go for it. Uh, because it, it actually took me quite a long time to get over, even emotionally, COVID. That, but that's yeah. the way I deal with things. It's like I'll go into calm mode while the chaos is happening. And then once it's done, then I have my meltdown. So I had my meltdown when everything was okay and back to normal. But there's been some residual energy mm. uh, left from that that I'm still quite emotional about. What did you learn the most as a martial arts instructor? What did you learn the most coming now in a reflective place, coming out of COVID and lockdown? To make the most of the time that I've got available to plan in a more productive manner because I'm a sort of person that has lots of ideas, but my planning and preparation can suck because I'm so, I live in the now and I'll have this great idea and I'll implement it on the spot. Whereas now I am like one example, and it's, it's, I suppose it's a good example to some respects. Like my advertising used to be very reactive, which is the worst kind. Like it's like, oh shit, we've not got enough members. Better get advertising. Um, whereas now I will sit and I actually really, I said this to Matt yesterday, really enjoy sitting and scheduling stuff on Facebook. And when you go into the planner section, if I've got a day that's not got at least three things scheduled, I get really fidgety. It's like, I've got to put something in. Even if it's two at night and I'll look and go, I've not got three things scheduled for November the 28th. Get something in quick, find a video. Go and get on uh, ChatGPT, write something, do something. So I'm just trying to be a little bit more. When everything dropped with, with all these different regulations and rules and requirements during COVID, the, the frustration of them being dropped and then us all having to try and interpret them and talk about them and go, well, they're allowed to do this and we're allowed to do that. That whole period where I'm not going to want to make this all about COVID today, but when they did that return to play, those policies, when for the first few days, none of us could actually go back. And then we all went, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then we all started joining associations and throwing money at people. And then they just went, actually, just pick one and do what you want. What? Yeah. So ever since then, I've been very much like I've got to make sure that I've got things planned and prepped ahead of time. So that I've always got a plan. I've always got something ready. That's what I've taken away from that it. It makes me really happy, actually, Chris, because because. Um, I mean, uh, even to this day, you get me on a certain topic about in, in a certain mood about that period of time. And I very easily cry. Interesting. Really? It's really emotional. Um, I had grown men crying down the phone. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, uh, you know, I had m messages that were it's like, fuck. And because I was in full-blown survival, and when I go into survival, it's like, no man left behind, we will all survive, you know, and I, I probably took on a little bit too much weight there. Um, but the biggest frustration for me was that we'd started, not publicly, actually just for our customers originally, we'd started sort of end of January 
trying to prepare our customers for COVID. We didn't know when it was going to happen. We didn't know. We were thinking, ah, oh, it'll be maybe a month or three months lockdown. Yeah. We prepared emails. Like we gave them the word. Nobody took any notice. And 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 then when lockdown happened and all of these people were in fetal position or in rocking chairs, not being able to function because they'd gone into it and there'd been no planning. I was so fucking annoyed mm. because we tried to prepare people for something that we didn't quite know what we didn't know what it was going to be like. Right. Yeah. But something was happening. And if if I'm not, I'm definitely not at the place where I'm grateful for lockdown. I, 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 I'm not. But. If we were to extract anything that we could say has come out of that experience is one of few things. The first is my absolute um, joy at the fact that we can gather in a space where it's not quite so politically driven because think we felt a, vu- a, a, a community vulnerability it didn't matter what style whether you were a franchise whether you were a yeah. or a, it was a it was a it was a, a complete vulnerability on a community level and that cohesion mm. is always a good thing because we are stronger together the other thing that I'm grateful for is um as you've said things like planning a bit of strategy a bit of thought you know uh getting your ship in order a few processes a few structures so that so that you are able to pivot a little bit and you are able to plan and um you know I think I think we're better for that even if there's not another global catastrophe could do without that (laughs) nobody needs that in their life (laughs) even just on a daily rhythm basis yeah what we're finding is that instructors have got a bit more clarity and actually they've carved out a bit more time for themselves and actually they're a little bit safer financially. Um, even if profit isn't their main thing, you've still got to have that financial safety to keep your doors open. And just that, um, we, we did get a bit of a kick up the arse, I think, in terms of some of those things that prior to that we didn't really address well enough. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's interesting now. I think when you were saying it, like, what what did I take away from it in the sense that what did I improve upon? What did I learn from it was the planning. But ironically, for me anyway, I think it was that living on the edge, seat of the pants, sort of doing the thing as well. That actually helped me early days because yeah. I remember I'm pretty sure it was a Wednesday. Boris came on the TV and it was a Friday. They gave us like a buffer day. Yeah. And I remember on day one going we are going online i don't know how we're going to do it but we're going to go online like i was i i remember we just pivoted just straight away away. and i and and thank god as much as it was so funny because i remember leading into it oh who is this guy think he is doing these online courses kicking and all this sort of stuff oh he can't do martial arts online it's a load of nonsense la 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 and and i'd heard it and you know i paid attention to it obviously but thank god i'd done that because I just knew how to do it. I had everything set up. I just knew how to do it. And um, we switched online immediately. And whilst there were some other schools, I know some friends of mine that sort of dithered a little bit and spent, oh, it'll only be three weeks. It's no point. We'll just shut for three weeks and then we'll open again. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know about this. I'm going to just play it safe and we're going to go online anyway, just to do it anyway, for a bit of fun, for a bit of fun. Thank God. Thank God we did. You know, um, 
uh, and, and my husband was the same. I mean, it was a Friday, like you say, when when it was announced. Uh, uh, Louisa was still here at work, and me and Louisa, because my husband was like, "What are you doing? I don't know what Zoom is. I hate it. I can't teach on that. It's a load of shit." Da 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 da. da, da. Me and Louisa literally, I think she left at about one o'clock in the morning because mm. his classes started at 9am on the Saturday morning uh, to set it all up and, and all the rest of it. And and again, he'll say now, thank God we did. Mm. Um, but moving forward, do you know what, Chris? Our industry is in a great, it's in great shape right now. Do you know that? Like yeah. it really genuinely is. Yeah, I think it did bring it did bring a lot of people together and I think it's also opened people's minds a little bit because I see certain people there's the thing of social media is you can kind of step back and you can see like pockets of different people that to do things to do things in different ways and that's cool because it's nice for everybody to have those options you've got you got the schools that are very fluffy and very light and that's fine and then you got the ones that just want to beat the shit out of each other and go home if they've not got a tooth missing or a bent nose they're not happy and it's great because we need all that but it was very us and them and the two didn't ever really mix and i'm seeing a lot more now of people open to the idea of like i saw a video like uh, i mentioned him plenty of times and he knows as well like you got the likes of like matt fidesz at one point he was like you say his name it's like oh no god no he can't and then I've seen videos of people, you're looking thinking, there's no way a few years ago they would have been down at that event doing that training no. because they wouldn't want to be associated. Whereas now they're looking at it and going, whether I like his school, whether I like his franchise is irrelevant. He's a super successful guy. And if he's got something I can learn, I'm going to go and learn it. And there's a lot more of that. And that's really cool. It is. I think that's and, what and we I, need. I like the diversity and, and where it works, actually circling back around to promotion, is you are all different. So if I mm. can, uh, under my banner, I've got, uh, uh, I, I can't remember whether it's 90, 98 or 101. Let's call it 100, 100 styles, just for the mm. purpose of 100 different styles, you know. And, and so there's so much diversity in that. So when you want to do your promotion, instead of regurgitating what, everybody else is doing and then feeling like you've killed yourself because you're mm. stabbing yourself in your soul for you know actually be you be authentic and let's extract the bits uh that are authentic to you and that will differentiate you which means that they if you know if i'm a blood snot and guts club and up the road is a family club we're not actually competition no. at all. We, we're just not um and mm. I, I think I think that that sort of and then then on top of that like you say there's a sprinkle of some healthy respect that actually it's okay that we're different yeah we're not arguing about who's got the greatest syllabus anymore you know um which is good so so very topical at the moment so I think franchise and inclusion mm. at the moment and promotion <laughs> is mm -hmm. the top three uh topical debates at the moment um i want to while i've got the opportunity on your podcast um on this podcast i'd really love for you to put the link of your youtube video um, and yeah. 
Chris and I, for the listeners who don't know, Chris and I had an exchange last week, I think it was, and we were dis- I was discussing inclusion. I quite often get asked the question, I want to put on um, a, a class for for people who can't quite manage mainstream. And I don't know what to call it. And 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 so I actually put the question out there and tagged Chris in because I know that this is something that's close to his heart. Um, anyway, he did, guys, he did a fantastic video um, that, that was brilliant, to be fair. Um, and I, I would like on this episode, this podcast episode that I'm that if you would put that link on. Yeah, of course. So. so that other people can watch that, because I think it's really important. It's important for us to have the conversation about inclusion that isn't the eye rolling, oh, I'm inclusive, that makes everyone go, oh, for fuck's sake, like another buzzword, because because it's more important than that. And I'm really upset that once again, sort of media and that sort of narrative and people jumping on bandwagon and all the rest of it, actually, the truth is there 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 are people out there who don't learn the same as everybody else and if there was ever a class that would benefit them it's martial arts absolutely a hundred percent on so many levels and on so many levels and the thing is as well i i think we've all been we can i'm all about honesty with this sort of thing and i've been in that place before in the past where if a parent's come to me and said oh billy's this or billy's got that or jimmy or sarah and i've been you know, oh, another one saying this again who won't go anywhere and then they'll just chuck them all in and we're like yeah well yeah okay yeah just teach them the same as everybody else i've been guilty of that um and obviously over the years as i've become more involved with different um different styles of teaching and then working with different groups promoting different things and being having my mind open to it and my wife you know uh, training as a as a senko and then learning a little bit more from on that side and starting to appreciate that it there there's actually a far more diverse range of people that learn in different ways than some people realize and it doesn't take a huge amount of effort to modify your thinking and your teaching to actually make it really accessible like it it's it, it, I do find it really frustrating when people, oh, no, we just do it all the same. We teach, they mean well when they say, we just treat everyone the same. And I know it's coming from a place of they mean well, but it's kind of the worst thing to do is to not take into account that people think and feel and, and react in different ways to different things. Oh, I'm going to push back ever such a little bit. Go for it. If I may. Of course uh, you can. You have to push as much as you like. So if we were to just, um put some 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 ground rules in that we know that there are different levels and Mm. different needs uh for inclusion um generally speaking my observation if you get somebody who is let's say a child who is autistic so Mm. that they're beyond they're not aspergers they are autistic and they're not just naughty kids that the teachers have labelled with ADHD because that's annoying um so they are autistic and so the classic things that that they have problems with if you have kids that can handle the noise because a lot of autistic kids can't so they would need a quieter class actually I think if they're able to manage mainstream school and they're able to come into mainstream class 
and you do have to alter your teaching a little bit you know somebody who has trouble with eye contact or you know yeah. there's some modification but you can do it in a mainstream class absolutely I think in that circumstance um it is healthy for those children to be treated the same oh yeah yeah that's yeah it's it's yeah it, yeah so you're you're actually yeah you're saying the same thing that I'm trying to articulate probably not in the in a very good way so it's more I suppose it's more being aware because there's the difference between just going oh they're just the same and trying to make it so that everyone's the same but being aware that okay. you might need to say things a little bit differently okay. you might need to do match up group chats rather than shouting out across everybody you might need to have the music a little bit quieter you might need to be a little bit more direct with your language so instead of saying you know, like random stuff you have to be a little bit more specific but you can do all that and all the other students be completely oblivious. Yeah. They won't know any difference. No, they don't. They don't. You're not just screaming into your kids, Jimmy, you're on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Which to an autistic child might be slightly disturbing because yeah. they generally take things very literally. Exactly. And it's the stuff like <laughs> that where it's like, you know, it, you just don't say that phrase. You just say, Jimmy, you're doing an awesome job. And they, that, Jimmy doesn't, Jimmy doesn't know it's any, anything different. But Sarah, who's picking up on every single word, yeah they they they're it's safe it's a safe way so it's just still stuff like that you know um i think that the video that you did chris um is marvelous and i would love more people to just take a little bit five minutes to just click into it and 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 consider it mm -hmm. <clears throat> and just consider the topic above and beyond the eye rolling oh this is the new buzzword oh and and just be you know ignorant to it and where I'm probably slightly different to <clears throat> maybe you and maybe I wouldn't be as able to be as lateral about it uh, had I not got, I don't have a child that has uh, those, those additional needs. But and so I can understand how massively sensitive it is because I would kill for my children. So. I can see that that's an added layer of emotion yeah. that would bring the warrior person out in somebody. Mm. But sitting from a sort of, you know, from this set level here, how do we uh, encourage uh, people to look at this and they have to be allowed to roll their eyes for five minutes because they there is an ignorance and what happens, I think, sometimes is somebody is, it's the same with racism, it's the same, any sort of, uh, any of those things. Um, you've got good people who consciously are not discriminative, mm. but they are ignorant. But by the fact that they're ignorant, they don't know they're ignorant because they're ignorant, right? It's like, it's yeah. like a thing. And the only way, I think, to be able to, very often what happens is somebody who's, slightly ignorant comes into a conversation with somebody where it's really means a lot to them yeah the perfect storm for an absolute yeah. headbutt whereas if we can create some spaces where it's 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 more generous of looking at it from the other person's point of view it breaks down that defensiveness and gives the opportunity for narrative to be exchanged yeah. in a non-defensive way and unfortunately yeah. when people are, are ignorant about things uh they're going to come out with shit that upsets people yeah 
and they don't even mean to. So then what happens is somebody gets upset and then they, they go, well, I, well, I'm not, I, I didn't mean to upset you. I'm just, like, and you don't get anywhere with that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really difficult one, but it's a really important one that we address. Yeah, um, it is. It is. It, there's, I've been toying with the idea for a long time of trying to get a, 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 some sort of online resource built. Uh, almost like a portal for instructors to dip into to avoid having to ask the question to a person necessarily they can literally just go into a resource and find the answers to the questions that they have um, without feeling judged and I think part of the things that we have in martial arts instructors especially guys we have these like it's it really it's really easy to bruise our egos and we don't like to admit to weakness and not knowing things like we've got a black belt so therefore we know everything about everything i'm not generalizing and saying that's everywhere but it's very easy to it's, it's hard sometimes to go i don't know about this thing so therefore it mustn't matter because i'm a sixth dan yeah <laughs> the irony is that that actually the stronger thing to do that shows real confidence is to say, I don't know a lot about this. It might not be for me. I might not, I might hate the idea of having a, an additional needs class or a more inclusive environment, but I don't know much about it. So let me have the conversation with you. That's actually the stronger thing. It's not the weak thing. That's mm. the strong thing. Mm. How do you feel about the the non-gender, the, they, thy? I'm, I'm, it makes no difference to me. I'm not. Actually, that was probably the wrong. I probably positioned that question wrong. Uh, rather than pointing it at you personally, how do you think martial arts is going to. <sighs> so let's remove me asking you from an industry point of view. How do you think we're doing? I don't. I think it's. It's one of those one. It's one of those th- topics where you can see it from both sides and it really does depend it shouldn't but it well no it should as well it's well it's hard because i can see it from both sides so let's say you're running um um i don't want to like don't start writing in with hate mail okay but you're running like a generic sort of fluffy family class punch and kick some pads not that that's a bad thing because there are thousands millions of people out there that benefit from that and it's great i'm not saying that's a bad thing but if you're running that sort of setup, it isn't it's neither here nor there. If you're running a full contact club, that's when that's when I can see it being a, sometimes a bit of a thing because if you've got somebody that's identifying in a different way and is insistent that, well, I want to fight with the men or I want to fight with the women or I want to fight with both, and I and it's like, hmm, you can see where some people are gonna push back on that side of the fence um i have non-binary students and i just make sure that i am i the first thing that i did when one particular person came to me and explained their situation was i straight away said i am going to mess this up i am going to say the wrong thing so i will apologize now ahead of time just to cover this off because i am going to say the wrong thing and they were like it's fine. It's cool. Because even if you do, we know that you don't mean it in a bad way. And I'm like, yes, but I just wanted to get that clear that if I do shout he, she, whatever, if I say the wrong thing, I'm not doing it to be rude. I've just forgotten or I've maybe 
got into the you know and, and you dig yourself a little hole because you start th- overthinking and then it, but you say it and then you try and go back and then you're like no but i didn't they are oh, well mm, sorry <laughs> what toilets do they use well, we're quite lucky in our setup in that ours are all set up a single unit. So we've got like uh, one big disabled access toilet, which is primarily what people use individually as a changing area, one at a time. And then we've got another toilet block, which are all split by brick walls. So everybody can go in their own once and no one's... You don't have a male and female. No. Uh, no. And no. Presumably that was probably driven more by logistics of your building i'm going yes yeah yeah i can see for others that don't do that so so with my husband's gym we took we took that building on 30 years ago however long ago like there was no such thing as it like it was you had a male space and a female space it wouldn't have even and 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 to change that would be virtually impossible Mm. so we kind of stuck with it um not that we've had any pushback but i imagine that there has been that there are lots of clubs that you've either got the ones that have got kind of you know one toilet for the whole building to share in which case it's not mm. <laughs> it's not a problem but those that do have the male and female changing spaces um what the hell do you do and then of course as a as a private business as a small private business uh to then have to kind of consider the cost of changing all of that and then on top of that there is a fundamental uh issue disagreement i think i don't think people care what somebody wants to be called if you want Mm. to be called non-binary they i don't think that there's general resistance to that i think where the general resistance is i'm happy to respect your wishes and do that but I don't want to deny biological fact and they they can't get their head around. And I'm not going to spend five grand on my gym. Yeah. One person who's non-binary, I, that, that five grand isn't really in my budget. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and absolutely. When you're making business decisions, you can see how the prospect of doing that, it, it's easier to actually discriminate at that point, even if you didn't want to. Yeah. Um and it's a it's a tough one, but I just wondered. Uh, we, I don't. Th- I'm really interested that it hasn't really impacted martial arts hugely yeah. in terms of there seems to be more angst over inclusion of people with additional needs than what there is over that, or are we not attracting people who feel vulnerable in real male dominated spaces because because they don't feel that that would be a, an environment mm. they'd be comfortable. So maybe that demographic don't don't participate in our sports so much. I don't mm. know. What do you, I don't know. Yeah, actually, interesting enough, there's a question I wanted to, to actually that leads into a question I wanted to revert back to you. Um, you mentioned it being the industry being quite a, uh, I mean, I know it's male dominated. I think it's changed over the last two decades. No, but, still male dominated right how how i've always wondered this because how do you find working in that environment i know you're incredibly strong individual i know that but still there must be times where you are dealt well the typical male approach you know stereotypical old man 
egotistical i'm a man you're a woman you will listen to me you know how how much of that do you come across and how do you deal with it if you do very rarely um when i first started there was huge resistance because uh, but it wasn't actually just because i was female back then the industry leaders if you want the people who who provided services to instructors Mm. were not only all male but Mm. also instructors and martial artists i remember I actually remember, I seem to remember, I'm sure you were at a trade show. Yeah. I remember, I remember, you know, they used to have those little booths that were all made out of those metal frames with it. And I I seem to remember seeing a flyer. I don't know which event it was at. It would have been Senny. Senny was the only one. Yeah. That's going back some, isn't it? That. (laughs) So I got, I got some resistance at the, at the beginning not so much on the licensing and that's you know the the the, the core services mm. where i got the most resistance was on the full contact kickboxing circuit really? because i started doing full contact fight nights and and again at that point i think i was the only female doing that but i didn't just do it i wrote a horrific article my friend martin was <laughs> So Martin was the editor at Fighters at the time, and we used to go on axe kickboxing. Did you ever go on axe kickboxing? It was a chat room, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a million years ago. We don't, gotcha. and there was a kickboxing space, and there was a tie boxing space. That's right. Kickboxers and tie boxers hated each other, so yeah. we, we never cross discussed, obviously. And we'd all moan. And then my uh son, he's I think he's 36 now. Anyway, a long time ago. He was like 15, something like that. And um, he did a, he, he fought locally uh, here and against another local kid, uh, Colin Treasure's uh, nephew, actually, Otis. And it was a fantastic fight. And the, they gave, the judges <laughs> gave it a draw because obviously it was two very local clubs mm. who sold a shitload of tickets. And I walked out to the car park and I said to my husband, I'm going to do this myself. He said, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm going to do it myself. And what we did was started doing uh, full contact fight nights and we set up an amateur full contact circuit where we differentiated between novice novices and, 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 and the people who helped me in the end. So Neil Kelly, Helped me locally with the with the uh, uh, running of the of the um, events. My husband and Neil had to look after the technical side because I didn't have a clue, obviously. Mm. Um, and I got a lot of resistance because what we did was then sent articles through to, you know, the the fight magazines and stuff. And I got a lot of pushback. Who the hell is she? She doesn't fight. She's not an instructor. She's someone's wife. La la la. She does the admin. Like, I didn't, but never mind. Mm. Um, and actually, eventually, it was Colin Payne and Carl Sams, who were down south, who said, who they helped me because we'd got it to a, a certain point and then we wanted to roll it out. And, and what's quite nostalgic now, I look at, I mean, full contact kickboxing is not what it was because it's it, K1 is, you know, it, it's it's been mixed up a bit. But, but part of our our legacy and I have to say our because obviously Carlin and Neil was involved at the time although he didn't particularly put his name to it really but uh he certainly helped me on my shows 
Um, but certainly me, Colin and Carl. And then what Colin and Carl did was start a, a ranking system. And, you know, all these years later, like over 20 years later, there's promoters now doing shows and we can see our work 23 yeah. years late. Like, do you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. and they don't even know we existed. You know, I got a lot of pushback then, um, a lot of pushback, um, mm. but I didn't give a fuck. But what happened was, <laughs> which was marvellous, is all of a sudden, and you're an instructor, right? Yeah. You can take your novice fighter to a show where nobody fought over two kilo difference where and back then I used to have to send letters there wasn't nobody had emails I'd print out a letter with this is your opponent this is the gym that they come from this is their fight record this is their instruct like total wow. transparency and not only that if I had a judge uh, uh working at the show they had to we we published their scores right Oh, yeah, there was no bullshit. Not, <laughs> if you're, if I'm going to pay you to judge a fight, yeah. you need to know how yeah. to do it. And if we had a judge that was more prone to do the whole, uh, you know, split, you know, they, they, yeah. it's the draw, it needed to be justified. Yeah. So all of a sudden what happened was instructors who five minutes before that were taking their novice fighters to fight against somebody that perhaps had done 30 fights, get the sh shit beat out of them, and then they'd lose that student because, whereas now there was a safe space. Mm. You know, there is nothing more joyous in my life, and I might cry a little bit here because it's, uh, these are the, you're getting me on my, this is my I'm not. I'm not going to cut it, it's staying in if you do. That's okay. Do you know, Chris, right, you've, ha you've had a fight night and somebody's fought for the first time for contact. Right. And they've brought their mates and their auntie and their uncle and the mom and the dad and the nan and everybody, you know, and mm. they lose. And then they come up to you at the end and say, that was fucking great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the winner. Like, obviously, the winners were happy. Yeah. But when people who lost because they knew they weren't stitched up, they they knew where it, they knew what the scores were. They knew where they'd gone wrong. There was absolute feedback. So it really was developing their ring craft mm. in, and couldn't wait to get back in the ring, even though I'd done my job at that point, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know, like, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's things like that. But I got a lot of pushback then. Um, since then, hardly anything, because I don't really ask it. The, the last time I had some, <laughs> you'll laugh at this, every now and again, I get invited to a boardroom meeting with a jolly group of people that sit around and they're going to rule the world, right? And so I, I, this was probably 10 years. I can't even remember how long ago it was. Not that long ago, but quite a few, maybe 10, 12. Long enough. Yeah, let's call it 10, 12 years ago. Go to this hotel. I'm the only woman in the room. We have this meeting we you know put some ideas in the pot I stood up the guy who was taking the meeting was at the head of the board you know a board table yeah, yeah yeah I think there was like 11 of us or nine of us or 10 of us in the room and as I stood up and I walked towards him to shake his hands you'll only see this on video he did this now he didn't touch my chest but he screwed the loop. He, he screwed oh, the loop. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> uh, literally. And then two days later, 
he called me and I had a missed call from him. So I called him back. And when he answered, he pretended to be a sex line. <laughs> what? He's just... Right, he's a dick, right. But but that is the last time, and that was the first time in many years that I'd had anything that fucking obvious. There have been lots of people who say things behind my back. Ow, it, it's a woman. Like, not, I don't mm. think anymore, but certainly sort of... I mean, the 90s, equality wasn't quite what it what it is now I guess um but actually Chris in in honesty uh I get treated extremely well and well rightly so I mean you you know you run a tight ship and provide a good service and not only that there are two aspects to this firstly and this is where empowering females are firstly it never occurred to me that I should be treated differently Mm. it didn't occur it didn't occur to me that being a woman was a problem. So the energy that I put out there, in fact, I looked at all my peers, the old boy network who I came up against deliberately because they pissed me off. Um, I looked at that and thought, they're all men. They're all martial artists. They all teach. I'm a woman. I'm great Mm. business. I don't teach. That made me more qualified in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) <laughs> no, but you see that attitude. So I don't walk in a room expecting, I'm not saying sorry to anybody just because I'm a woman. Yeah. Secondly, most men who are in our industry are not actually very sexist. They're okay. okay. But putting the old boy network aside because they're after power and they like green, they don't like anybody pissing on their parade. Yeah. Talking about instructors, yeah, yeah, yeah. people. And, and, I would say that it has been my absolute pleasure mm. to work with those men, mostly because I don't, I think generally in martial arts, there isn't much, there isn't, put the old boy network aside because yeah, they're, they're yeah. fat cigar smoking, pot bellied, pompous, slap back, <laughs> dick swinging. Like the whole shebang, I'll throw the whole book at them. Uh, But eventually they'll die because they must be quite old because they were quite old back. (laughs) But I don't want them to change because I do really well out of them not changing. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, so I've done really well out of their cockness. That's fine. Um, But frontline instructors, uh, they're a great bunch. And I get virtually nothing, like virtually nothing. Yeah, it's been actually really good to see um, the the sh- the shift. It's I think it, I don't know whether it, it it's potentially always been there. It's just social media has made it more prevalent. But the amount of um, full time school owners that are female, I'm seeing more and more and more. And it might be that they've always been there, but Facebook has certainly made it more evident. And it's great to see. I'm I personally I'm they haven't always been there. And let me tell right? you. It's really sad and it's and, and I have to stick up for you guys so take our group for example my group yeah. Facebook group do you know how many of those women and and, and I won't name names because why would I but there's a lot of those women when they first joined they deliberately joined with their uh, a business profile not really their, yeah because they 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 weren't sure whether they'd be entitled to a credible voice now, now, what's been marvellous is that I've been able to enter an environment 
obviously still I think I think in my group I think there's there's nearly 1500 instructors in there and there's 11 point something percent women I think it is or maybe 12 percent yeah. women um which is a bigger percentage of women than any of my other data yeah. my data for females is usually two or three yeah. percent in that space it's a bigger one um but how lovely that we've been able to give those women the experience that actually their belief from maybe 20 years ago when they first started learning as a student yeah how lovely is it for me for, for us to be able to demonstrate to that those women that actually most of the other instructors are, are absolutely cool at happy yeah. Larry for them it doesn't it doesn't even occur to them that yeah. they're not credible because they're female and that's empowering for those women and and the women that come through as instructors afterwards and I, yeah. I think I, and I can't take credit for that because it's you guys because you are you guys are genuinely not sexist yeah. so to give those women that experience is really cool yeah and as well as well seeing obviously initially seeing um more female instructors and then more female school owners and now we're transitioning into a place where they're actually becoming mentors to a larger audience we're seeing them like yourself as well actually we're going to touch on this in a minute but i've seen one or two of them you know writing uh, articles and then eventually books and then hosting podcasts and then speaking at events and then hosting their own events it's 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 brilliant to see i you know, i've i've always championed it but i think it's it's nice as you say as an industry we seem to have it seems to have evolved much quicker than in in other areas um you know one of my daughters is a gymnast and yeah, oh, grief yeah you look at ballet gymnastics uh, there's a hot the grass is not always greener mm, no not at all <laughs> not at all and i think it's nice for us to i don't want to say that we're leading the way as such but it is nice to see that there has been that expansion and that that change um and long may it continue but yeah your book i want to talk about this before we finish up um so i am clock watching a little bit i, I don't get told off like they buy my other half at home that is but um the you've written a book how how's that come about how so i've always wanted i've always written since a little girl i write poetry even that's one of you know we all have a like your creative expression is kicking and punching or teaching other people (laughs) yeah interestingly my creative expression is words chris (laughs) who'd have thunk it who'd have thought of that like Um, so writing's always been a passion. I've probably started writing a book about 27 million times in my life, but I've never been stressed about it. It's like, it'll come when it's come. And over the last couple of years, we've buried seven people. Right. Including mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and, and you know, like close mm-hmm. mentor. Like, uh, like we, we've, we've been rather spanked on their, you know, dealing with that side. And there's nothing like... This is my sentence now. It's getting a bit boring, but there's nothing like death to remind us about life. And after my mum died, uh, I just started writing. And I think it started off as probably a cathartic, Yeah. I don't know. Um, but then because those of us who are naturally entrepreneurial, we just can't bloody help ourselves. Mm, yeah. And so it turned into a five-year social experiment where uh, I started. I was I was irritated that so many 
fucking phenomenal people can't see their brilliance and they're just not they shit talk themselves and yeah. they're you know, I hate it. It really makes me cross. And then you get all of these people who die in your life and all of a sudden regret is a thing that smacks you in your face. So the book is about, it's my mindset book. Uh, and it is very much about, let's look at a different perspective on trying to not shit talk ourselves and not have deathbed regrets really yeah. what we do now uh but then what happened was i thought how curiously fun would it be if i could put myself in the most public uncertain mm. un, you know the most vulnerable public places that i could to prove that it was okay for ordinary people to do what they want to do now it may not mean that be that I'm expecting other people to do that, but your version of success and maybe something that you're not quite brave enough to do that's in your belly. So I secured uh, five years speaking at a very large event. So in March, Joe Wicks was headlining, the last year Stephen Bartlett headlined, the events next week, uh, we've got Mo Gordon and Fern Cotton are headlining. So it's not a small event. Um, so the the point is now that I wrote a book with no structure, made it up as I went along, secured five years speaking to launch the book before I'd even finished chapter one. <laughs> it, that was an interesting conversation. Can I speak on your big stage? What's your book about? I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> right. Crack. Yeah. But my point is, let's play with this and be curious. Let me put some skin in the game with this. I batter people over the head all the time to own their brilliance. Mm. And, and it doesn't, and don't, you don't need to have somebody else's version of success. You might not want to be a millionaire. I don't give a shit. If we can say that ordinary people are those that are not famous and extraordinarily wealthy. So let's say ordinary people are just normal people who are not that. Just because you're ordinary doesn't mean to say that you, you, you haven't got the entitlement to your version of success yeah. now that version of success is working in tesco's and raising your babies into phenomenal human beings that it's nobody else's business to tell you any different if your version of success is to take your genius and earn 30 million quid equally that's great but can we just have a look at that so the book series is called The Glory of Being Ordinary. Obviously, there's an irony in there because nobody is ordinary. Mm. Um, the first book is called Indomitable Spirit, and it is about being brave, I guess. I think it's about, but I, I, I've had to kind of put it under self-help and mindset books. But my job in the book is not to tell you anything. My job in the book is to propose some questions for you to ask yourself, for you to consider things yourself. So it, it isn't a classic self-help book in terms of five pillars to something yeah. other, five pillars to positivity, not yeah. at all. In fact, chapter four is called Fuck You. So we're quite happy, you know, I mean, we're quite happy. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> There are little pockets of my life in there, but it's not a memoir. But okay. what I, it, through the writing process, what feedback was is that it needed a bit more contact. Why do I have the mindset that I do? Where, what adversities 
did I what things did I overcome what challenges have I overcome the other beautiful thing is the editor is a guy called Martin Morrison who is a martial artist purely coincidental and then the so you write a book you have to get it edited because you can't edit it yourself it's impossible it doesn't, it doesn't matter how good a writer you are you must get it edited and you do that and then and then all the and then it gets fucking hard work you've got to write a blurb you've got to write a tagline you've got to have a book cover designed then you've got to publish it the couple of choices that you've got with publishing you either learn amazon which isn't the easiest thing in life to do oh. And it just sits there and you make three quid and that's that. Or the other alternative is to, uh, unless you get a publishing deal, but like not many people, that's not, that's a hard, that's a long road, right? But if you go self-publish, you either learn to do it yourself and do it yourself, which is great if you're technical and that way inclined. I'm not. You either, there there are these like publishing houses that charge you. I was quoted anywhere between four and a half and seven and a half grand. Right. You're self-publishing, but they basically take it from you, do the typesetting, a designer book cover and upload it to Amazon for you. That's in a nutshell. There was only one company, Chloe Bison's company, who included some marketing in that. Because here's the truth. It doesn't matter how good or bad your book is. If your marketing's not on, it's yeah. going to flump. So what very yeah. often people do is they categorise them in shit categories that have got three books in. <laughs> their friends and family. Then they're number one and they get the icon so they can say they're an Amazon number one. But you're only actually in that bit for like the four and a half minutes that all your friends bought your book. Yeah. So when people say they're Amazon number one bestseller, they ha- they're not lying. but but they were probably there for literally three minutes, um, <laughs> which is fine. Um, so I wasn't too fussed about that because there was a lack of credibility for me on that, really. But what I found, Chris, and he's in my group, you should touch base with him. Um, Simone is a man who was in Martin's network and Simone had reached out to Martin uh, to say, oh, introduce me to this lady that's writing this book. And so when I looked at, at Simone's website, I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to bother with him, Martin, because it's all martial arts books and that's the wrong genre. I'm not writing a martial arts book. Anyway, he followed up. I spoke to this man, Chris. I will recommend him forevermore. And here's the lovely thing about ordinary people who want to do something. So say you're an ordinary bloke or woman, you want to write a book. You don't have four grand, five grand, seven grand to pay one of these publishing so no, yeah. Simone is Italian and I love I'm not gonna lie I do love an Italian man I mean you just can't help it it's <laughs> in Ireland and I also love Irish people so there you go and within about three minutes of talking to him our values were such a match and what he does is uh split the profit with you wow okay so he's got skin in the game, nice. but he specialises in martial arts books. So if anybody wants to write a martial arts book, any book, he, I mean, my book's not a martial arts book, and we've done it. Um, what a phenomenal, phenomenal human being. But especially if you're doing a martial arts book, because he's used to the typesetting and the images and da 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 and he knows his stuff. And and it was such, it was so on brand, because my book's mm. 
Gloria being ordered. And in the conversation that I had with him, he literally said to me, and this is kind of before he knew what my book was about, really. He said, if ordinary people and ordinary small businesses can't support each other, who can? He made it impossible, yeah. impossible for me not to do it. Um, wow. So, what a journey. Yeah. I was actually listening to um, another podcast completely unrelated to martial arts or anything like that. And they were, the, the guest that was on was that one of the things they said was they their advice is that it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are how relevant you feel you are what sort of life is but they said they recommend that everybody sits down and writes a book at some point in their life even if they only write it for their spouse or their kids yeah. or their family it's, just write a book write a book it's the most beautiful chris do you know why i threw the structure out i wanted to know what my heart would produce mm. how cool is that yeah and i've already started book number two so this year's challenge is to put myself in the most uncertain, vulnerable place about a book that I didn't know what it was going to be about and do it anyway. Okay. Uh, next year's challenge is can anybody earn a million quid? So book number two has already been started. It's called Money and Can Anybody Be a Millionaire? Oh, so I'm going on that journey. Uh, once that, let me get next week out of the way when I'm talking and then <laughs> you know, let me sleep for five minutes. So next year's journey is 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 going to be that experiment to see whether ordinary people can do that. So there we go. We're Fantastic. on journey. <laughs> well, nicely, I think that nicely brings things full circle. It's been it's been nice to chat and listen and catch up. And uh, the last hour and a bit's gone very quickly. That's how long it's been. <laughs> it's how it, it always is when we we get on the phone and we get talking. It's been nice to talk about some things other than uh, industry stuff and. Usually me having a whinge <laughs> and you telling me how wrong I am or how right I am in some cases. <laughs> like you, you've not moaned about anything. I don't. Think. I haven't. I'm, I'm a changed Bloody person. Hell, Chris, look at that. <laughs> like I said though, the other day, the one time I stuck my head above the water for literally one day to try and put a positive post in your group, along comes somebody. So rain on. Uh, I'm like, what are you doing? What are I'm you doing? For the like, first time I've posted a year, and yeah. somebody comes along and's like, I'm gonna piss all over his brain. Actually, I removed that comment. Not that I do that a lot, but the reason why I did it is we were talking about kids and inclusion. Can we just keep it on task? <laughs> Can we just keep it on task? Please. So I'll yeah. I'll save it. I'll do my 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 once a year post and and then. Um, <laughs> Oh dear, but no, it's been great to chat, and thanks for sharing your stories. And um, I'll, I'm going to throw this in for you. Where can people find more about you and your book? Uh, Best place to go. Well, it's on Amazon, "The Glory of Being Ordinary" by Dawn Willock, um, or just connect with me on Facebook. And there's like 753 posts with the link because I had to do <laughs> shameless self promotion. Oh, well, I will tell you what, I'll do you. I'll do you a sweet deal. I'll chuck the link in the show notes as well, so people can go and find it from there. That's and then we can we can discuss the percentage. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not that. I'll only be seventy three by the time I recuperate. How much it costs to do that? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> oh well, thanks for your time, and uh, we'll do this again sometime soon. Perfect, Chris. Perfect. Um, first, also loving those t-shirts. I don't that company. I. You need Thanks to, for the segue. They're going to love you for that. Like, now, honestly, stick the link in the group. I, I love them. 
Nice, aren't they? Art re- Marshall, the guys, they're martial artists as well. Okay. Um, it's like a business that they run. Um, yeah. And this is their new range, their alchemy range. I've actually set up this light, especially today, to make it shimmer and shine. I'm, I'm getting good at this pub. So it's taking me 110 episodes to get something what like good at it. Say? Like, Chris, what did your mum say? Little Miss Fun. Little Miss Fun with your shiny t shirt on. Exactly. You're living your absolute best life, aren't you? <laughs> when, once I've turned it off, I've got my tutu and my unicorn wings and everything, and I'm going to put all them on and just have a little dance around in here to myself with this light. Well, it's been, uh, it's been great. I'd, I like I, how you didn't even question that. No, I don't. <laughs> Because I'm inclusive. I don't discriminate. It's fine. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note, uh, thank you very much. And I will speak to you soon. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. So, yeah, guys, there we go. Thanks to Dawn for her time. Uh, as I say, she spent a vast amount of time uh, chatting through obviously the conversation that we had and then um following that you know just just running through the ideas for the podcast you know some of which you know i'm look i'm gonna i'm just gonna throw this out to you guys now listening to this um i have no plans to stop running this podcast before anybody panics um that's a bit presumptuous of me that people would panic but you you know what i'm saying um i'm looking at potentially branching out and doing something else a little bit more of a I don't know, a general podcast a lifestyle podcast i guess but essentially speaking to guests from outside of martial arts so not limiting myself to just sort of a martial arts audience um you know it's something i quite fancy taking on as a challenge um is you know my question is is that something that you guys would be interested in listening to would you be interested in listening to you know me talking to uh, figures, guests, people from outside of martial arts, you know, um, it's it's just look, it's something that I want to a challenge I want to take on, and um, you know, Dawn talking about writing her book and the challenges that she faced with that and and, and overcoming those those hurdles, it made me realise that you know, is this something that I want to do more of, take further, um, potentially create new opportunities and just push myself in different ways and would I be comfortable podcasting and interviewing and talking to people from outside of martial arts I think I probably would I think in some ways it may well be easier but until I try it I don't know but obviously for it to work well not for it to work I mean I could I could make a podcast and no one listen to it but ideally (laughs) the whole point is that that somebody does listen now on that subject whilst I remember What I didn't realise up until last week was that, I won't get too technical with this, but basically when you, well, when the the service that I use, when I upload the podcast to the the service hosts, that then automatically fires it out so that you can find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, if if that's even still a thing. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can find this. Um, It's very clever how it all works can't honestly remember how it works because i set it up ages ago um and i've probably forgotten the whole process of doing it which might be a little bit a little bit troublesome when it comes time to uh get the next one going anyway cross that bridge won't we cross that bridge so um yeah uh, it turns out that i've been working out how many listeners we've got and how many subscribers we've got based on the statistics that 
the host provides when I upload. What I didn't realise was it doesn't actually count all of the listens in all the different service providers. So um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify generate their own stats uh, that you have to go in and look at. Um, so I've been taking the listener count and the subscription base off of what just shows on the SoundCloud links, on the links that I share on Facebook and on social media uh, when I'm promoting the show. What I didn't realize was that we have lots of, like hundreds and hundreds of extra listeners through Spotify, through Apple, through all of these. I didn't even know were there. So we've literally sort of tripled, well, not I mean, they were there. I didn't realize. But to my knowledge, we've tripled the listenership in literally five minutes of clicking around on the internet. Um, so I, I, I didn't know they existed before, but I guess hello to all those people. Um, and it suddenly, you know, I don't know, it suddenly made the whole thing a little bit more real because I didn't realize quite how many people were listening. Um, and it shouldn't make any difference. And it... It's just you know, it's just mad to know that that you know the numbers were uh, are actually like triple what I thought. So uh, thank you to everybody for support. Now on the subject of support as well, I just wanted to say a massive, genuinely massive thank you to everybody that got involved with buying the podcast T-shirts because we raised just short of a hundred pounds to send to uh, Shine Twenty One, a charity which helps um, children and young people in the North Yorkshire area with Down syndrome. Um, they provide all of the therapies that really the government and local authorities should but don't for a myriad of different reasons. Um, my my own youngest daughter actually benefits from those services. So you can, as I'm sure you can appreciate, you know, I am extremely grateful to everybody for supporting, not only because of the help that my daughter gets, but her friends and, and obviously extended family friends as well now. Uh, their kids are also getting the help and it's all funded from you know generous cool people like you guys that support the charity um you know what made it extra special was that some people you know I'm thankful for everybody that bought things don't get me wrong but some people went above and beyond you know some people buying like three t-shirts and you know, some people even realized that the the shop that I'd set up to sell the t-shirts was actually connected to my own martial arts school so they started buying other random things as well um, and they're messaging me to say, look, don't worry about you know sending me the thing. Just you know send the money onto the charity, which is just beyond crazy generous um, and so nice. Uh, I'm not going to start naming people because they might not want to be named, but um, they are long time listeners and supporters of the podcast. And I just want you guys to know that I am you know really really thankful for for that support that you gave me, um, and obviously for the charity uh, and. Post some pictures of you and your t-shirts on the the podcast group. That'd be cool. I'd like. I just want to see everybody wearing the t-shirts. Um, slightly an ego thing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, it'd be just nice to see people wearing the t-shirts, and uh, you know, so people can see who supported the charity. If you want to, that is. If you'd rather stay anonymous, that's fine. But yeah, feel free. Post in the in the podcast group. I'll I'll put the link to the group in the uh, description for this. If you've if you're listening to this outside and you don't know anything about the Facebook group, then you'll be able to find your way in. It's a private group. Um, I keep it private on purpose so that I can just monitor who's joining and you know, trying to get in just to uh, curb some of the martial arts silliness that can exist sometimes, unfortunately. And um, I post in there fairly regularly. Uh, sometimes I do like 
additional videos and other things that are going on as well just to keep people up to date with what's going on i also always always post the links to the podcast in advance so you guys will get early listens if you're in that group it's a free group it doesn't cost anything um it's just when i upload the the mp3 file once i've exported it when i've recorded it it will always be available on the original host much faster than it is everywhere else. It kind of pushes it out, and then Spotify do their thing and check it out, and Apple do their thing and check it out. So there can be a few hours, even a couple of, you know, even as far as a day's difference between availability, depending on which platform you use. So you'll always get to hear it first if you're that keen. Um, if you're in the podcast group, um, so yeah, go post your pictures there, wearing my t-shirts. That'd be that'd be awesome. Um, also. I'd like to give a quick shout out before I forget to our uh, sponsors, uh, Mintmaster.com, um, Art Marshall, and our friends over at uh, Marshallytics. I had to remember that then. Just, they all sound like they're really similar sounding. By now, I should have like a little list that I've printed out on my desk so I don't forget. But um, <laughs> Mintmaster.com, we've got uh, Marshallytics, and we've got Art Marshall. Uh, in the video version of this podcast, if you've seen it on YouTube, I'm actually wearing one of the Alchemy shirts from the latest range from the guys over at Art Marshall. So be sure to go and check that out. And don't forget as well, if you're going to buy anything um, from Mintmaster, please use the link in the description or the link on the website. 50% of every sale that you do through that link goes back to the podcast, helps me with my various costs. I just mentioned the, the hosting and everything. That's a monthly fee that I have to pay. And every time you buy a course, as I say, 50% of that comes back to us and that goes towards uh, covering the various costs and whatnot. But yeah, thanks again for your support. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, and thank you for the feedback on the Match Chat episodes as well. Uh, they're going really well at the minute, really enjoying those. And um, it's good to be back. It's good to have the podcast back. Please keep sharing the links. Uh, keep telling your friends about the podcast. The more people we get listening to it, um, the more we get to share the links, the more we can then provide to you guys um, once the money comes in and we can you know, we can look to increasing our reach and doing different things. But anyway, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you again. Share the links. Do all that cool stuff. And I'll catch you all next time. See you later. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com.